Hello. Hi, hey. Lydia. Hey. <laughs> good to have good you here this morning. Very good. Well, welcome, everyone. We are live on LinkedIn Live uh, with it's the Coach Me to Lead show uh, with uh, with typically with Erno uh, Hannock, who is on holiday. And so I'm Gwen Breedle and I'm filling in for, for Erno for a couple of weeks. So this morning I have, um, I'm very excited to have our guest Lydia Schmel with us. And she is also a member of the, of the coach.me team. Uh, and we are going to talk this morning about resilience. Um, as we've been uh, on our team, as we've been thinking about how to, um, how we want to the kind of work we want to do in the world and how we want to show up is um, we've been noticing how resilience is really a major topic. And especially coming out of COVID, uh, resilient, we've, you know, we've, our attention has been drawn to this. And so, um, and also just knowing that people are really overwhelmed with their work, overwhelmed with their lives, that we have so much change going on that how can we help people uh, cope with all these changes that are going on and with daily life as overwhelming as it is. And so uh, today's episode is going to be exploring and diving into that topic. And Lydia has special expertise in this area. And so uh, I'm really excited to talk with her. So Lydia, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your background and in, in yourself? Yeah, uh, thank you, Gwen. Uh, thank you for inviting. And this is my second time here. So I'm, I'm very excited uh, to talk about resilience. It's a very near and dear topic of mine. Um, just to, a, a few uh, words of introduction. I'm a coach, a certified habit coach and coach.me. I'm also part of the team. I'm very honored to be on the team because I think um, the habits uh, what we do in the habit space is, is very much related, is very important work for the resilience. So the topic that we're discussing, mm -hmm. honestly, and we'll talk about it later, I'm sure. Um, in general, my life uh, has been, uh, uh, um, it's been a journey. And honestly, I, I got interested, I, I'll tell a little story how I got interested in resilience. But with what I've been through with my family, I have four kids, uh, we've changed countries two times in the last six years, and the COVID, and a lot of changes and adversities and turbulent times that we've been through. I think me, uh, being a coach for the last uh, almost seven years, and being interested in, and very much uh, uh, involved in the topic of resilience helped me a lot. Uh, I've recently gone through the conversations with some network uh, of mine, my friends, all colleagues, all classmates, and they always, like, at the end of my story, they always tell me, oh, my God, Linda, you've been through so much. You must be such a resilient person. I say, yeah, but I've also been lucky because I've been, <laughs> I've been studying, I've been looking, and I've been teaching people, coaching people through how to become more resilient. So uh, I'm probably was much more equipped 
than other people were with resilience. Mm -hmm. And just a small story how I got involved in the resilience or interested in the resilience topics. I was always very optimistic and happy person. And at some point of my coaching career, I was researching now how people can become more happy and then i got into kind of well happy is is a very difficult word difficult concept is 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 more research is this topic of optimism right optimism is well developed uh, concept through the positive psychology worked of the dr seligman and then through the optimism i got to learn that actually optimism is a very big part or a kind of contributor to being a resilient person resilient person have the optimism is kind of the core the foundation i'm like oh what is this resilience skill uh, thing is and I got very much interested in that and I got to learn it I got to teach it I got to coach people uh, with it and then when I was in my personal journey faced with some very challenging uh, things with my kids with our life with their family then I realized the power of uh, being a resilient person so mm -hmm. That's kind of a very brief uh, uh, description uh, I wanted to give the intro. Well, that's fabulous. Wow. Yes, you have been through a lot. And and that is a powerful story to see that that you've been able to use that information in your own life to help you and that you've had an experience with so many people helping them as well. Yeah, that's sure. great. Well, you know, um, it's reminding me as you're speaking, uh, it's reminding me that last week I spoke with Tammy Oduba and we brought up the topic of resilience. And she mentioned that, um, you know, one definition of resilience is being able to bounce back after uh, a disappointment or failure of some sort. And I thought, oh, that that is what I used to think of as resilience. So. I thought it might be helpful for us to just define resilience. And one of the things, um, you know, one of, one of the things that spurred this conversation was, Lydia, you posted on, um, on LinkedIn uh, recently, I think just this week, that you read a report that said that leaders um, are not, uh, that resilience is not a, an important topic to leaders necessarily. And it makes me wonder if it's partly because resilience is, we don't understand what it is. It's just, it's a nice word. And yeah, it'd be nice if I were resilient. And, you know, I've, I've been through hardship and I've bounced back, so I must be resilient. But, you know, really, what is it? What's, what's the definition of resilience? Yeah, well, thank you for bringing this up. And it's, I get very uh, emotional <laughs> talking about this because I have my personal, like, like exactly like you said, I have my personal kind of experience being a resilient person, how much it helped me. But I want to start with the African saying that, uh, that, that, that sounds like, you know how well the roof has been built only when the rains come. Mm. And that's, and mm. that's, says everything about resilience right so resilience is is the skill that we need and that we, that we use we exercise when the adversity comes right and that's i guess that's 
that's the the kind of the the same uh, uh, sides of uh, the, the both sides of the same coin. That on one hand, it's a very strong and, and very powerful tool, but the thing is, we only can experience the power of it only once the kind of the the the, the tough times, the turbulent times, the adversity comes, right? And then when it comes, it's basically too late. At that point, it's it's too late to build this, right? So that that's might be one of the reasons the leaders don't see it because they say, well, you know, how do we know? How do we how do you know you need to invest way before the rain starts. You need to build that roof. You know, it's it's the same problem that people have with the any prevention sort of medicine, right? The vitamin versus the painkiller, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's much easier to sell the painkiller, right? Because you have the the, the headache, the back pain, uh, but it's so hard to sell the vitamin or the the exercise, yoga, or you know what not any sort of preventive measure because you know. Uh, we have limited resources, it's not because we are, we are bad or, or you know anything like that. It's because we have limited resources and we are focused on solving the immediate problems. Now with resilience, I think the biggest issue, just coming back to your point, why I think one of the reasons leadership don't see the point investing in, in building resilient uh, leaders, resilient teams, resilient organizations, because they have more urgent er and more kind of uh, urgent problems. Now, mm -hmm doesn't mean they shouldn't you know by all means i advocate for them to pay attention and actually invest uh, uh time and money and resources and energy on building uh, resilience so um going back uh what is resilience i love the definition like the short one is actually is not the the ability to bounce back from the adversity, but actually to bounce forward. You know, mm. resilience is this, you can say the magic tool that, uh, and I'm gonna quote here, one of my favorite definition, resilience is the power to be energized and elevated by uh, disruption. It is the internal fortitude to emerge stronger, even more effective from tough situations. You know, how wonderful is that, right? So, you know, if people see that and see the value of that and have the ability to have longer term vision, this is another issue I see with the leadership. You know, we've been talking about it for ages that, that our... Uh, well, company leadership is focused on the short-term uh, goals, quarterly profits, yearly profits. Now, if you look a little bit longer, then then where you understand the turbulent times, the volatility, and the uncertainty that uh, we live in, that's the long-term thinking could bring back the attention to resilience where resilient, again, individuals, leaders, resilient teams, and resilient organizations that are able to thrive, to become stronger, and, you know, to emerge, like, be effective from the adversity, then obviously that would be 
um, the reason for them to invest in building that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking, um, even as you're talking about this, I'm just thinking about friends uh, who are working in the corporate world and have vacation time they haven't taken yet. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> so <laughs> that's, you know, that's one way to build resilience is to have time off for, for recovery. And um, and I think in the U.S., you know, that I don't can't I can't quote any specific uh, statistics, but I think, you know, people tend to not even use all their vacation time because they just feel like they need to work, work, work. Yeah. Great. So it's, a, I mean, it, it's, okay. it's one thing. And, and actually having worked in human resources uh, and, and been privy to the, the stats around people taking vacation time, um, you know, tracking vacation time is, is a big deal. And, um, you know, trying to figure out when to take your time off is, um, is yeah. a challenge. No, I totally understand. Of course, uh, there is the ideal world that we all want mm-hmm. and envisage and everything. And then there is a real world, right? And I think, um, but then I think you ask yourself, what is, um, what is the task of a leader, like real leader, you know? Mm-hmm. I think maybe to kind of to 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 make the bridge right to to close the gap <laughs> between the ideal world mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. the the life that we live. So I'm not I'm not saying that you're wrong. Obviously, you're stating the obvious, and I have these friends, and I've been in this situation when I was um, ten years ago. I was in corporate. I was a finance director, and you know I I, I remember those days. I remember, but at the same time, I'm challenging the the, the leaders. Uh, I'm challenging the CEOs because I think. Uh, we are like as a as a humanity you know as a, as a society we are facing we are going towards some big icebergs and we've hit one right mm-hmm. the pandemic the covid and we were not ready at all <laughs> not like zero you know mm-hmm. we had to change tires as we go right <laughs> to reimagine the work, the life, and everything. And it was just a so vivid illustration how we were not ready. So thinking about the other upcoming global challenges, potential, personal, Mm -hmm. uh, organizational, and global challenges. Now, the question is, you know, what is the role of the leader? And I think this is one of them, to, to close this gap, to minimize the gap between this ideal world that we're never going to live in and then the reality and then finding courage, courage, resources, mm-hmm. um, and support within the organization to implement some of the things that would help the organization, the team, the individuals to become more resilient, to be ready to face those icebergs that are definitely coming at us or we come and add them, you know, however you want to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a good point. I really, I love your um, analogy of closing the gap between the current world and the and the ideal world, and that the leader's role is to is to look out for that. 
that's part of the strategic mindset. Yeah, I love that. Um, so what are some things that you found that are helpful to do that? To, to, for both for, for leaders to help close the gap, but also for, for just ourselves about how we can prepare our own self for the future and, and how can we be, build more resilience in ourselves? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the individual level because, you know, the discussions we are with you and with the Erno is like, if we want to change, we always should start with ourselves, right? <laughs> we should be the leaders in our own life and then we can, we can lead others, right? So I, I would start with the personal resilience. And over the years, you know, as much as I studied and tried it on myself and other coaching other people and training other people with resilience, what I found that I see resilience being three domains, uh, and once you see it in three domains, it becomes easier to, to see how it all comes together. So from this hypothetical kind of ability to be a superhuman, right? <laughs> because it seems like that, right? Come on, the resilient person can uh, become stronger from the adversity. It seems like a super superhuman from if you look, if you look at this uh, uh, definition. Now, once we break it down into these three domains, I think it becomes more tangible and you can see what you can do actually and you can do a lot. Each of us can do a lot to build that. And as we discussed, this is something we should be building prior to the adversity, to the big thing, to the you know uh, uh, complex uh, uh, things happening to us. So one is physical, and I always start with that. That's our body, and that's very near and dear to a heart and coach. Me, right? Because we are here helping uh, uh, helping people to build this daily habits that are very basic but they are foundational to building resilience so having enough sleep uh good nutrition enough fresh air doing the the body movement like this is the basics the body part in my view is the one of the fundamental uh, element uh, uh, of resilience now the next one is the emotional resilience. This is the, uh, it's connected to the body through the, so it's nervous system regulation, but it's, it's the emotional part of thing, the hormone, uh, hormonal kind of regulation, how well we're able to process negative emotions, how well we are able to get into the fight and flight mode, and more importantly, to go back to this relaxed, mode to give our body and, and mind and, and the whole uh, ourselves the rest because that's important right and then the third element is the the, the mental or the way uh, the way we think about things like this is the the optimistic kind of viewpoint uh, of the world the hope is the big part of it so how how we view ourselves uh, our ability to cope with the adversity and our ability to grow uh, um, to grow uh, even in in the turbulent and difficult times so these three elements um, you know when you look at this like that right it becomes more uh, more clear 
what to do because all of that first of all we build we, we are born with a certain level of resilience like the same like we are born with a certain level of optimism but we can improve it it's not it's not given yet you know uh we can definitely improve we can work on our physical part right make sure all our basic Uh, habits are there enough sleep enough nutrition enough physical activity it's all there is the basis you know of everything uh all the other they're on top of this uh on top of this level it's 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 you know sooner or later if you don't pay enough attention to this level sooner or later your nervous system and then your brain will just not be able to cope with so much uh, information so much stress you know they need this energy reserves that coming from a body and it's all uh, it's all de- interdependent right um, emotional right and there are so many mindfulness mindfulness practices they help uh, help you to uh uh turn from the arousal mode to the relaxation mode right you know uh, shavasana yoga breathing practices like all these practices help you with the you know go k- kind of managing your nervous system and coming from the arousal to the to the st- stress to non-stress mode and just processing negative emotion being able to to stay with them uh and not numbing them with the various available uh, uh options that we have and then finally the mental uh the mental models and that's it seems like the hardest work to do on ourselves like the first two levels although the second is probably good to to enroll in some classes or get some teachers but the last one is probably toughest to work on ourselves because it's tough to notice the negative self talk that we we might uh, be doing like oh my god i made a mistake i'm a failure or oh my god i'm so stupid right now the resilience the resilient person noticing uh he or she made a mistake would say oh i made a mistake uh, uh how how do i make sure i don't make it in the future right or oh um i'm going to have some difficulty or difficult project next week how can i prepare you know the team to support me so that we manage that well so this is this is where optimism the skill of optimism comes in and this is a skill you know contrary to what people think they're optimist and pessimist and they're born and you know they're set for life it's a skill optimism it's a skill you can train yourself to to look at the things in a different way and you know i love uh, uh dr seligman work in this space where he uh, uh he has uh uh he has models he has he has a way where people can teach teach them themselves to see uh both themselves uh people around them the situation and the world uh in a, in in much better way in a lighter way where there is hope you know hope that things can change for the better and that's 
basically the the kind of the core premise of the optimism and the the resilience uh, is that whatever comes, whatever uh, a difficult situation comes, we're gonna thrive, not just cope, not just survive, but actually thrive because it's a challenge and challenge uh, opens. Uh, opportunities you know like the 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 it becomes a little bit of a cliche but the chinese uh, uh chinese um sign for crisis is both the crisis and opportunity like every every uh crisis in every adversity there is opportunity now we just need to train ourselves to see the opportunity that's excellent wow lydia that's that's a lot and yeah it's you know it's well i have a couple of thoughts one is that uh, i'm doing my own personal work around changing some self-talk and i'm doing it through paying attention because i tend to be more of an intellectually focused person rather than emotionally focused even though you know, on the Myers-Briggs, I'm a feeling type. Um, I have trained myself in the business world to be really focused on logic and rationality. And so uh, my work right now is around tuning into my feelings. So going to tuning into the emotion, but I'm doing that through my self-talk. So it's kind of a combination of mental and emotional work at the same time. So um, because it's interesting what you if you really stop to hear what you're saying to yourself in when you're in a situation that that you're uncomfortable with, then you, you know, it, you, you are so accustomed to that, what you're telling yourself in your head, that you don't even notice it. So it's really it's it you're right i think it's really important to have help to go through these things because you can't always see it um and another another thing is a couple of case studies really um i have two coaching clients right now that are working on um setting priorities for their day and uh one woman is older and has young adult children the other woman is younger and has a new child. And uh, I think it's so interesting to observe both of them trying to build their resilience in, in just what you're saying, that they are, um, the older one is not as accustomed. She, you know, I think younger people are becoming more aware of this. So the younger person is very aware of her daily emotional state, her physical energy, her mental energy, she's tuned into that. And she has experienced burnout in the past. So she's learned some skills. So she's really being conscious of that as she's going along. The The older woman is has young adult children that are, you know, in and out of crisis mode, moving in, moving out, you know, the normal thing that happens is children are getting launched. And, um, and she's trying to establish some of these habits. And you know, what you're describing, all these, there are so many things we could be doing. We could be doing yoga, we could be doing mindfulness, meditation, we could be um, eating healthy, sleeping enough. It's, it's, and as we know from our habit coaching clients, 
and from our momentum method in in coach.me that you have to start really small with one thing that that we can't change it all overnight that it's just one small thing at a time and it takes a long time to to change a habit from i know from my own experience that you know we get we get really programmed into doing things the way we do them and it's really hard uh yeah it's totally true and um, well i experienced myself last summer we moved countries we moved from the whole family moved from portugal to israel and the move was a little bit unexpected a little bit kind of rushed not not uh not planned not prepared and once we moved it's like a new new environment new country new new everything uh, most of my healthy habits just went out of the window right mm-hmm. and, and then there was a the period where I had to focus really hard on kind of making sure the whole family, um, the whole family is settled and the logistics are working and I, I wasn't paying attention. And then only after, I don't know, a few months, I guess, uh, I was able to like, okay, well now in this new environment, how I can bring back some of those very important for me uh, habits, my morning routine, uh, now I have a new evening routine and like some other basic uh, foundational uh, uh, things um, that, that are important to me and starting again, starting small, you cannot jump, even though I had them all figured out, all established kind of, um, I had to go back to kind of this starting small, maybe my speed was was better, maybe I, I kind of went back, uh, but uh, yeah, it took time. Um, now, the, the good thing, some of them already became uh, uh, automatic. That's the beauty of the habits, right? Mm-hmm. So the beauty of the habits, although you start small and it takes long time to establish them, then they become your second nature. And you can really uh, say they, they, have, they became your second nature once they're uh, uh, irrelevant to the, the the change of the context or or whatever, right? That's that's the theory. Mm-hmm. So some of them for me were easy to to bring back. It, it it just was like that instant, but some not. And yeah, and I had to work on them. But I guess uh, uh, it's still easier, you know, once to start this journey. Uh, to bring them back is easier, faster. Uh, you know, you, you know the drill. You know, uh, you know it will take some time, but in the end, the, you know, uh, you know how important they are and how you feel. You remember, kind of on the visceral uh, uh, level, you remember how good it is when you do your morning routine. You know, this, 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 this. You know how your day. Is going to be completely different. Uh, your approach, your energy, uh, your mindset, your, you know, your mental resilience is going to be completely different when you have your uh, your routine back. So I guess it gives more <laughs> motivation. It gives more mm-hmm. energy to to bring it back. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard. So uh, you mentioned earlier. 
uh, well, let's go back to leaders and how leaders can support employees and, or even how employees can support each other. Like you said, we lead our own lives. We So how can we be good mo- role models for each other and influence each other? Yeah. Uh, I guess it's a tough question. Um, I think both the leaders and team members, like everyone, I think that they should start with themselves. We discussed that. So because uh, that that been that has been my approach to raising kids all along. Mm. I realized very early in my motherhood career <laughs> that you can't tell people, you can't tell your children to do things. You can only show them. Mm. Uh, again and a day day in and day out so my kids see me going out for a walk every day my kids see me doing yoga or whatever breath practice I do because I do it in the living room they see me they see me uh, uh, studying like learning I'm a, I'm a lifetime learner because that's kind of big value for me so everything and resilience is you only show them through like the big part i'm not saying uh, you only but the big part is you show by example mm-hmm. and that for your kids and i guess you can transfer it to your colleagues and you can transfer it to your uh, uh to, to leaders mm-hmm. you know for example you know uh we, we were discussing in our little discussion about the healthy lunch thing right uh, how some people are just used to having, I don't know, sandwich or pizza for lunch. I forgot the time when I had pizza or a sandwich, honestly, <laughs> right? It's just not in my DNA, no more. Uh, you know, and it's not bad or good. It's just not mine. And I think if I would be working in the office or be a, a leader or a teammate, it doesn't matter. I would bring a salad and, uh, you know, fish or meat or whatever the healthy option that I consider healthy for me, right? Mm-hmm. Now let's just do it every day, right? And, you know, other people, they have a choice, but I think, or at least I hope, when they see me, and again, I do that because uh, uh, that's how I show my kids. And, you know, my kids sometimes eat burgers and fries, which I don't eat. <laughs> I, don't, I don't disallow them. I don't, you know, I don't ban it in my house, but... I'm not eating it. And they see me eating good, what what I consider good food, nutrition, dance, and everything. And I hope that it's something that eventually, you know, get into their uh, believing. So I think one way, both uh, for your team and the leader can do is just lead by example. That's very important. Like, okay, in the morning, or before the meeting, we all get together in the meeting, we do the breathing exercise, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I would do if I would be now leading a team. I say, before the meeting, everyone close their eyes and just, you know, release whatever was happening before uh, because I want everyone to bring the, the best energy, you know? And that's, that's three minutes five minutes, but it changed the whole experience. And mm-hmm. and I know it wouldn't go well with some people, for sure. But then do these people belong to my team? 
other values align with my values and values for the team I want to bring, I want to build? I don't know. Probably not. And I know it's tough. And I know with the this mentality of the, the bottom line, the quarterly goals, you know, it, it might not go so well. But then I would question if I belong to organization who don't, uh, who don't take the long-term approach, who don't, uh, you know, who, who, who don't take that into account. So uh, lead by example, uh, just implement small things. Like we agree with you, like habits are built from small things done consistently, mm-hmm. you know. Yes, I will order uh, good food for lunches, you know. Uh, I will I will do the breathing or, you know, meditation exercise before the start of the meeting. I will ask how people are, not like really are, on how they feel, give honest feedback and things like that. So um, it will take time, you know, good things in nature take time to build. Think about the tree. You plant a seed and then you wait years right for it to build now resilience uh resilient teams good teams good good things take time to be built but it's just the consistent action towards uh uh, toward one direction and being and being strict and sometimes exercising boundaries and sometimes some people don't fit in so they have to leave right and some people stay because they feel this is this is their place and, and, and they will value uh, these things and, and um, much more than, you know, other sort of uh, uh, kind of compensation or whatnot. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I would do. Yeah. And I like what you're saying, um, Lydia, about leaders just being conscious of, of their own behaviors and what they're reinforcing. And that, um, we were having a conversation yesterday about um, benefits that are, are available to employees and uh, you know, that, or, or ways to celebrate wins in an organization might be, you know, giving, uh, throwing a pizza party actually is one of them, <laughs> you know, or uh, I know as a trainer, uh, it's important to have food during a, you know, if you're having a day long training session, it's important for people to have food to refuel themselves. But, um, you know, if I only brought in apples and oranges, um, people would be really disappointed if there weren't donuts there that, that, (laughs) that, um, that, that we're so accustomed and, and, you know, these are their comfort foods. They're things that when we're under stress, we default to these these habits that that make us feel comfortable, and so it's a it's a it's it's um, you know as a leader in an organization trying to either set an example or uh, make decisions on behalf of employees or offering them uh, bonuses not bonuses but um, incentives of some sort, um, doing something they that 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 feels fun versus something that feels good for you that um you know that's that's a hard line to cross i think 
Um, and it's a process. I understand, you know, I understand what you're saying. It's so much easier to 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 bring chips and chips and beer or pizza and um, Coke, you know. Um, <laughs> it's just easy and everyone uh, is going to be happy, right? But I guess as a leader, you have to ask yourself, yourself a question. Are you going to go for easy or are you going to go for... Um, you know the vision and what mm-hmm. what do you want this 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 to become so um it's a process you can't do it you can't do it overnight like yesterday was pizza uh pizza and coke party and today's apples and oranges party you know that would be like turn off right um so that there need to be a bridge there need to be uh, uh some sort of uh, uh, intention put into this, right? Uh, but it's um, like everyone who is like only a little bit aware of what's going on when we consume uh, high sugar or high uh, carbohydrate nuts uh, food, like pizza and pasta or high sugar uh, drinks or food, everyone knows what happens to the body uh, uh, the next two hours, right? We have a crush, you know, the mm-hmm. energy crush. So it's like, um, you know, even if a leader is like totally not interested in, in the health of the employees, but if, if he or she interested in their productivity, now mm-hmm. he or she wouldn't do that, right? Because so it's like so obvious these days like we live in the in the abundance of information where we have access now and i think everyone to some extent realize that now again we have this gap and it's huge the gap between knowing what's right for us and doing what's right for us right is a is a huge gap is a huge gap, and um, and 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 the leader need to get creative uh, on how to close this gap. And again, it's not the 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 one day kind of okay from today uh, uh, it's going to be different. No, that's not going to work like that, right? Um, he he or she need to get need to get creative, need to get, um, and I was reading an article uh, yesterday on the change, you know, how to overcome resistance to change, mm-hmm. how to overcome, and there were various suggestions. What One of the suggestions is to get people together and ask them to get your team together, like not do what you think is good mm-hmm. for them, but get them together and say, look, guys, these are the facts. This is what I want, like, um, you know, where we stand, you know, what are your suggestions? What could we do? You know, so uh, I think involvement into the change, uh, being part, uh, belonging to that change process is is one of the the way to overcome the resistance. Um, Now, it's hard, like no one. No one's saying it's it's an easy, easy task, but I think at one point it will become the factor of survival for teams, for companies um, in, 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 in the world where we live in. Mm-hmm. Wow. Strong words, Lydia. 
I think that's um, that's a great place for us to end our conversation, to bring our conversations to a close anyway, sure. not to completely end it. But, um, you know, I think it's so, imp I think what you're saying is so important that it's, that you're right. It just makes so much sense. And I really appreciate your discussion this morning about um, really why this is so important and, and acknowledging the difficulty that we have in seeing it. Um, and what we can do, starting with ourselves, to help build healthier organizations um, that are are more resilient and and sustainable over time. Right. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. Uh, I do want to share uh, contact information for Lydia. Uh, this. Uh, if you use the scan code here, it will take you right to Lydia's coach.me profile and you can oh, see what kind of, her. yeah, if you, if you are interested in checking out uh, how she can help you. And um, I just, I just want to really thank you, Lydia, for, for, for calling our attention to, um, you know, that an optimistic Outlook on life, a growth mindset is important to building resilience. And I love the African proverb that we need to have uh, the house built well before the rains come, that it's about preparing ourselves. We can't do it uh, during the crisis. It has to happen before. And, um, and you've given us some very practical tips about how we can uh, prepare ourselves and keep ourselves resilient over time. So thanks very much. Yeah. And I love, you know, that's one of the reasons I joined code.me, the platform, the certification and the team eventually, because I think uh, that's, that's the way that's how, you know, through the small changes uh, in the habits, in the domains that we discuss, both physical, emotional, and mental, just changing it every day, the small change that's how that's how we build it that's why i'm part of the the, the whole movement that we're doing um but that's the, that's the only way honestly so mm -hmm. i'm very happy to be part of the team so thank you for this discussion it's a very dear as you can imagine topic of mine so thank you so much for inviting me thank you thanks lydia <laughs>